0: Time for another Nebraska Prep Zone Report. We are sponsored today by MD West One, Nebraska's most advanced sports medicine, orthopedics, neurosurgery, and spine care, covering greater Omaha for over 70 years. I'm your host, Jake Anderson. Joining me today, as always, well, for now, Mike Patterson, our girls' basketball expert extraordinaire.
1: How's it going, Jake? Ready for that state tournament to start?
0: So that's, that's the big thing. Five days of girls basketball in Lincoln, Nebraska. How are you feeling for it?
1: Uh, you know, I give props to the NSAA for, uh, just getting this season played and having a schedule to, uh, you know, it's a lot different from what we're used to as far as the more traditional Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Now it's starting on Tuesday and, uh, you know, coaches, a lot of times, they didn't even know they were in the tournament until uh, Friday night, Saturday morning. So um, not much time to prepare for it, but uh, we're going to be ready to go on Tuesday.
0: And speaking of Tuesday, let's dive right in with Class A, which plays Tuesday, and then with this new bracket, doesn't play again until Friday. Right. It's gonna be interesting. Uh, you know, to play first round game and then
1: to kind of sit there and go through your practice paces and everything and come back three days later and play. And then uh, if you win that one, you got to turn around and play the next day. So, um, you know, all the classes are just a little bit different. But, um, you know, you talk to the coaches, Jake, they're just happy to be playing. They're happy to be at state. So they're going to deal with uh, whatever little twists and turns we have this year.
0: Well, let's start right at the top with that number one seed, Lincoln Pius The 10th, they're playing the number eight seed, Miller North. Pius comes in undefeated, 22-0. Mustangs come in 14-9, and and they're one of those teams that found out Friday, Saturday that they were in.
1: Talk about sweating it out, and you feel good for Miller North, but you feel bad for Papillion La Vista because uh, those two teams tied, and it was amazing that they tied with the exact number of points, and I'm not just talking about 41 wildcard points, but it was 41.2609. So four decimals after the, uh, four spots after the decimal. And, uh, so Millard North did squeeze in there. They, uh, thought they lost their district semifinal at home to Bellevue East. And they really thought that that was probably going to be their season. But, uh, when everything shook out, they were, uh, the wild card team. So, but of course their, uh, their gift for, uh, Qualifying it as the wild card is to play powerful Lincoln Pius the tenth, the first game.
0: And uh, Pius, I mean, most people will probably pencil them into the final. Um, but let's let's not go that far ahead. What could trip them up against the Mustangs? What what should they look out for here?
1: Well, you know the uh, okay, Pius twenty two and zero. They're the defending champs, and uh, Millard North's task. Like it's been everybody's task trying to uh, slow down Pius the last couple of years is to try to figure out a way to uh, limit their fine center Alexis Markowski and nobody's really been able to to figure that out. They've got a really fine guard in Jillian Ashoff who does a really nice job of not just scoring but but getting uh, getting Markowski the ball so she gets a lot of assists on that and it you know it's not just a two player show they have other really solid players, but, uh, you know, Millard Norris, really job is to try to, to limit Markowski, but, uh, you know, if they can't do that, it's probably going to be pious onto the semifinals.
0: And let's talk the other side of that bracket. Lincoln Southwest, the four seed, will play Omaha Central, the five seed. Uh, Southwest comes in at 19 and two Eagles come in at 22 and three. Who has the edge there?
1: Slide edge to Southwest because they won during the uh, regular season by four points at Central, but really close game, Jake. Those four and five seeds are always really close. Um, Southwest doesn't really have any big scores. They're just a really solid team, play good defense. And uh, Central, we've talked about them. They're 22 and three this year. They were nine and 15 last year. So they've done a really nice job of turning things around. They've got height. They've got a good young team. Uh, Anaya Webb is their leading scorer, averaging 15. And the addition of Ania Jones, the freshman guard, uh, averaging about 12, has really meant a lot to that team this year. So um, I, slight edge to the Silver Hawks. but, uh, you know, if the Eagles come up with that first-round win, it would not surprise me.
0: Moving on to the 2-7 game, Millard South, the Patriots 23-1, Lincoln East, the Spartans 13-9. Most people, same as that 1-8 game, give the edge to the higher seed. What could Lincoln East do to pull the upset?
1: Well, I was down there for their district final on Thursday when they defeated Papio South, and um, they really caused the Titans a lot of problems with their full-court press. So uh, the problem is trying to press Millard South is is very difficult, and Millard South has a full-court press of their own that they – get a lot of uh, turnovers and transition points off of. So I think Lincoln East is really going to have to, um, you know, their two senior guards uh, had really nice games that night. They're just going to have to do several things to try to limit that Millard South offense, which we know is on pace to set a class A record this year for uh, most uh, points averaged. I think they're averaging 71 this season, Jake. So Going to be an uphill battle for the Spartans. I, I really like their coach Dennis Pritchard. He's going to try to figure something out. I think he, uh, talking to him after game the other night, he thought that them against Millard South was a little better matchup than they had against if they would have been playing Pius the Tenth that first round. So um, we'll see what the Spartans can come up with, but um, you know, edge to Millard South right there.
0: And then that three six game, Fremont the three the six North Platte. Before we preview the matchup, that leads to one of the interesting things with this bracket to me. North Platte, the sixth seed, if they were to win, they would hang out in Lincoln until Friday?
1: You no, know, I haven't even thought about that, Jake. I, I would seriously doubt whether they would hang out in Lincoln. They would probably be making that trip back across the state and and come back. Um, they don't even play until uh, well, if they would win that first-round game, they wouldn't play again until 8.30 on Friday night. So I really don't think they'd be staying in Lincoln that long. So, of course, we're putting the cart before the horse there. They'd have to win first. But, uh, yeah, that's just kind of one of those little tweaks this year that every school has had to deal with when they looked at this schedule. What are we going to do? Are we going to stay? Are we going to go? What's our, uh, what's our lodging plans going to be? But I'm, I'm sure North Platte would go home. But uh, getting back to the game – Fremont Tigers yeah, Tigers. Give any team a
0: W here. Tigers, twenty-one and three. North Platte comes in sixteen and six. Should right, nice close matchup.
1: Yeah, I got to give the edge to the Tigers. They've been uh, one of the top teams all season long. I think uh, I don't think they've been ranked lower than three, really. Uh, another high-scoring team. They're right behind Millard South in uh, average points. I think they're right at about seventy per game. So, Tigers in their first title, North Platte. I think they have done a nice job of getting to state the last couple of years. Don't want to sell them short what they've done. And they did beat, they take a lot of, uh, a lot of flack for uh, their schedule, maybe not being as difficult as some of the other teams, but they did beat two Metro Conference teams in uh, Omaha Northwest and Bellevue East to get to state. So they are there at state. The old saying goes, anything can happen at state, but Boy, I'd be really surprised if Fremont doesn't uh, advance to that semifinal, but uh, props to North Platte for getting there again.
0: Yeah, and so let's talk semifinals then into final. Expectation probably Millard South Fremont. Who would you give the edge to there?
1: Man, I don't even want to go out on a limb on that one, Jake. That's a That would be a real toss-up, and I, I think it would be a real entertaining game, two of the highest scoring teams that we've ever seen in the state. Um, I'd probably give the slightest of edges to Millard South. They've been so close. Uh, they made deep runs at the state tournament for the last five years. Uh, Fremont's been there a couple of times, but, uh, you know, Taylor McCabe, they're a very fine player. I'd probably give the edge to the Patriots, but boy, really, really a small edge there.
0: And most people, as we noted earlier, probably just going to pencil Pius straight to that final. Could, could you see a semifinal upset?
1: Well, I could see that. Uh, You know, Southwest, like I said, they're not flashy, but they play really good defense, well coached. Central is one of those teams that uh, you're you're not really sure exactly how they're going to react down there at State. It's been a few years since they've been there, but boy, when they're hitting on all cylinders, um, I go back to that holiday tournament game they were playing against Millard South in the final. They were ahead by 18, and they ended up losing uh, by a couple of points. So they easily could have won that game. And uh, you know, if they kind of play with a, we don't have anything to lose attitude, kind of loosey goosey down there at state, I think that they might be able to uh, give uh, not just Southwest problems, but who knows, maybe Pius problems too, but uh, you know, just judged on what we think is going to happen. It'd be a surprise if Pius didn't move on to the final again, Jake.
0: Okay. Crystal ball time. I'm going to put you on the spot. We've seen Fremont and Pius a couple times this season and not to, you know, put the cart before the horse and advance to Saturday all the way, you know, from Monday. Um, But who has the edge of these eight teams?
1: I'm going back to the top seed and the top rank, Pius, uh, Jake, Alexis Markowski, their fine center. Nobody's been able to figure her out yet. And, uh, you know, she's going to go on and hopefully to a really nice career at Nebraska. Her dad, Andy, of course, played at Nebraska. So um, edge to Pius, but uh, like we've talked about before, there have been five teams that have really kind of moved off from the other ones this season. Um, we talked about them. So I, Pius deserves the uh, favorites role, but I think if any one of those other four teams – ended up winning state, it wouldn't be a giant surprise in, in my mind, Jake.
0: Yeah. Let's move on to class B. Before we do so, let's take a minute here for a word from our sponsor, MD West one. As the official team doctors for high school and college teams across Greater Omaha, MD West One Sports Med Doctors can get you back into the game stronger than ever. Meet the Sports Med team at MDWest One.com or call 402 390 Thanks again to MD West One Now Class B, which another oddity of the five-day tournament. They have two opening round games on Tuesday and two on Wednesday a move which I believe was made to accommodate Scott's Bluff. They're playing the Wednesday game at 11:15 and coming all the way from Western Nebraska.
1: Right, and they wanted to get six games at Pinnacle Bank Arena on that first day, Jake, so they had four Class A. so they had time for two uh, Class B's. Like you said, it'll be interesting because one, two of those teams going on to the semifinals uh, will have an extra day in between, one starting on March 2nd two games on March 2nd, two on March 3rd, those first rounders. So again, coaches don't really like to make a big deal out of it because they know if they do, then their players probably will. And they're just sort of, uh, everybody's going with flow this season.
0: Yeah. Well, let's dive right into the bracket, starting with those Tuesday games and kicking off the tournament, 9 a.m. at Pinnacle Bank, number one seed Norris, 20 and 2, number eight seed Bennington, 14 and 10.
1: You know that uh, number one ranking spot in Class B has been a real revolving door this season. Jake and um, Norris is at number one right now. The way they played uh, their district final, I think the Titans deserve that number one seed uh, and their number one ranking. They'll be they'll be playing Bennington, which uh, the Badgers did a nice job of just making the tournament. They were the only district uh, Class B district team to win on the road. They won at Beatrice, so really tough. uh. First rounder for the Badgers, uh, two Eastern Midlands conference teams there, but uh, got to give the edge to Norris to move on to the semifinals.
0: And how's this for a 4-5 game? Omaha, Scott, 19-4, four, the 4 seed, the number 5, York, the Dukes, 20-3. and three. That seems like a typical semifinal matchup that you see, 19-4, and 20-3, top teams in the state.
1: Right, yeah get those number fours and fives together, kind of like uh, class A. And I think it's going to be a really good game. Of course, the X factor with SCUD is uh, the availability of their fine senior center, Lindsay Krause, who's been nursing a knee injury the last few weeks. And the last I had heard uh, um, her playing status is probably questionable for that first round game, but uh, they wouldn't play again until Friday. If they were able to beat York, that's kind of a big if. Because that's going to be a tough game. But uh, I think, um, you know, the Skyhawks, 19 and 4, coached by Kip Colony, York, uh, 20 and 3. They've had a really nice season, too. I think that game's really a toss up. I gave a slight edge to Scott. I didn't really know what Krause's status was going to be for sure. I think Scott can win even without her. They've got uh, other weapons. CC Barons is a really fine scorer for them. So let's give a very slight edge to the Skyhawks. But boy, The Dukes winning that first-round game would uh, be no surprise at all.
0: And, you know, most people, if the five-seed did did win, you know, they'd consider it the lower-seed winning. This is another one, as you noted, with the eight-seed in Class A. Really, it came down to a tiebreaker with four and five because they're tied to the fourth decimal place, 44.0870, both these teams. So (laughs) –
1: it's hard to believe you can play a whole season, Jake. And there's so many, so many factors that go into that wild card. And, and to see teams tied like that is, is really a rarity, for sure, with Millard North and Papio in Class A, where it came down to which team was going to state and which one wasn't. At least these two teams, uh, they're both at state, like we said, can't get any closer than that when their wild card points are the same. So really good first-round game uh, coming up on Tuesday.
0: Yeah, let's move to Wednesday then for Class B and the other side of the bracket. Uh, another day to or another game to kick off the day at Pinnacle Bank, 9 a.m. And this one will bring the star power. Elkhorn North, the two seed, their first year as a program, not just first year in Class B, first year as a program, the two seed at state. Incredible accomplishment there. They'll play the seven seed, Omaha Gross, 17 and six. North, 18 and two. Um, and led by someone you you've talked about a lot and had a nice feature of earlier this season, freshman Britt Prince,
1: right? Uh, Nebraska's on her Creighton's on her Louisville's on her other, uh, colleges are already on her. So she's really, um, really one of the top players in the state. I don't know what else to say about her. She's averaging 24 points, daughter of, uh, head coach Ann Prince, um, she can do it all. She can uh, drive. She can hit from the outside. She's also a really good playmaker. So uh, they have another fine scorer on their team, Riley Palmer. Um, other role players who know how to get those two players the ball and and do their share of scoring too, Jake. So like you said, props to Elkhorn North. Not many schools can get to state in their very first year program-wise. They don't have any seniors. So uh, Elkhorn North is there. And I guess From a fan perspective, it's nice to see uh, a player like Brett Prince get a chance to show what she can do on the really big stage. So they'll be playing the Cougars. Uh, Omaha Gross got to state by defeating Grand Island Northwest, who was Class B's runner-up last year. So props to the Cougars, but uh, Edge here has to go to Elkhorn North to uh, win that first rounder and advance to the semifinals.
0: And that other game, the three-six, as we mentioned, the six-seed Scott's Bluff, 11-15 on Wednesday. They'll be playing the three-seed Crete, 21-3. and Scott's Bluff coming in 18-6. and Good three-six matchup there.
1: Right. Crete, the defending champ. I uh, I thought they'd be down a little bit this year. Their fine uh, All-Stater, Morgan Malley, graduated. So without her, I thought that Crete might take a step back. But uh, that's what I get for underestimating their fine coach, John Larson, who recently set the state record for career, uh, girls basketball wins. he got an, had another nice team this year. Um, Crete's been ranked in our top five, pretty much all season long. Scott's bluff again, carrying the, uh, the torch for the, uh, out state teams. They had a nice season too. And, They had a tough game against Elkhorn in their district final, and they were able to win that one. So I think the Bearcats have shown that they belong at state, but boy, that's a tough first rounder for them. And I've got to give the edge to Crete to uh, keep it going and uh, perhaps move on to play Elkhorn North in that semifinal.
0: Okay. So not to put you out on a limb here, but two teams that you gave the edge to Elkhorn North Crete, who would you pick there?
1: You know that's a tough one because Elkhorn North is just kind of a don't know what to expect from first year program and everything and the bright lights of uh, state. I'm I've got to give the slight edge there to Crete. Uh, tournament tested, like I said, defending champions last year. Larson's a a great coach. I had all those uh, wonderful teams at Lincoln Southeast before moving on to Crete. So uh, slight edge to Crete to. Uh, slip past Elkhorn North, if that's the way it turns out, Jake, and, and move on to the final.
0: What about the top of the bracket there with Norris? Can Who, who can give them, I mean, obvi- I mean, obviously, as we say, anything can happen once you get to Lincoln, um, but do you see anybody beating Norris?
1: Well, I see Norris advancing to that semifinal against, and boy, I don't know who's going to win that Scott York game. That's like I said, a a toss up and and Krause's status, uh, kind of coming into question there, but, uh, I'd give Norris a very slight edge in that semifinal, but you know, that class B is, like I said, been a revolving door this year. And, um, York played, uh, Norris during the season, they got beat. Um, and Scott played Norris too, and they got beat, but, uh, Neither game was really a blowout, so they're both competitive. I could see either one of those teams giving Norris a, a tough time, but uh, we'll stick with the Titans to, to win that semifinal and move on to the final.
0: Well, we gave everybody one freebie with your pick in Class A. I would encourage everybody else to go check out your picks column, the crystal ball uh, competition with Stu, uh, where you guys pick winners of each bracket, and you know, you obviously we have the in-depth breakdowns of C1, C2, D1, D2, and all your picks there. So I don't want to give away all your picks on this podcast. Um, But I do want to, you know, kind of jump around a little bit now. Um, Not necessarily go class by class, but talk some top storylines here. Um, Obviously, you know, moving to D2, jumping to the whole other side of the bracket. Humphrey St. Francis and Allison Wiedner. Um, if they can, you know, Husker commit there. If they can get title this year, what what else are you keeping an eye on this year?
1: Well, you know, there's a lot of great storylines in all the other classes. Jake, you mentioned D two. Let's start with that. Uh, Allison, future Husker, um, playing for Humphrey St. Francis, one of the only two teams that are undefeated this season, along with Pius the Tenth. St. Francis has been to uh, the final two of the last three years. They've come up short. So uh, I know Allison is is really wanting to finish out her varsity career with a, with a state title, trying to take it home for St. Francis. They've had a great season. Uh, the only question in my mind with St. Francis is they haven't really had a lot of close games this season, Jake. So that can really change a lot when you get to state, obviously. And, um, you know, if they get put in a position where they're uh, – they haven't been in a really tight game down the stretch. You're never sure how that's going to play out, but I think St. Francis really deserves to be the favorite. As I've uh, mentioned before, also making Class D2 again this year is our friends from Why Not, the Blue Devils. I, I pick against them pretty much every year because they come in with uh, more losses than some of those other teams, but to their credit, they, they play a very tough schedule, and um, they just seem to be there every year. They won state last year. They beat St. Francis again, uh, defeating my pick of St. Francis. So they're the number six seed, a really dangerous six seed. So I I think that's two of the teams to watch. And I'll throw Fall City Sacred Heart in there too in D2. So um, you really know my
0: rule. You know my rule with D2. Why not pick against the Blue Devils? They've made me look bad so many years, Jake. So um,
1: I I do like. uh, the way they play, they, they just really step it up at state. And um, for a Class D two program, which of course you're not talking about a whole lot of girls playing to start with, so props to them for getting back there every year. But once again, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick against the Blue Devils and and say that uh, St. Francis is gonna take home that title in D two.
0: Yeah, that that three six game you mentioned in D two, Chambers Wheeler Central. 6:30 um, at Lincoln Northstar on Wednesday against Why Not. That that might be one of, regardless of class, one of the top first-round games.
1: Right, I'd agree. And uh, you know, Why Not's got uh, a
0: little more tournament
1: experience. CWC they've done Chambers Wheeler Central since they become that co-op. They uh, seem to be at state every year too. But like you said, 23 and one and 19 and six. That's a
0: pretty good first rounder. Yeah, let's let's move around a little bit here. What's what are you looking out for in Class C one? Oh, C
1: one, I'll tell you, Jake. Uh, I really look at a couple of classes, and this one in particular is being a real, a real. Uh, I don't know what the heck's going to happen. Let's put it that way. <laughs> there, there's just a lot of different storylines. We've got two defending champions. We've got North Bend, the defending champion in C one. We've got uh, Hastings St. Cecilia. They won C2 last year, but they moved up a class this year. So there's uh, that intangible. You've got uh, Grand Island Central Catholic, which replaced its coach uh, fairly late in the season. And and um, coincidentally, one of its, its top players, its top scorer really uh, wasn't on the team after that. Um, so they've regrouped and... I give them credit for getting to state after, I mean, to to really kind of get it back together again after uh, something like that. I, I give them a lot of credit. So they're the number one seed. So we don't know how Central Catholic's going to do. They're, they're going to be playing Winnebago, who was the 16th seed in districts. And they went and beat Malcolm, who was the number one seed. So props to Winnebago for getting to state. That's the first time they've been there in 30 years. So we'll see what they can do. Uh, here we go to that four and five game, Broken Bow and North Bend, 23 and one against 21 and three. I think North Bend has the possibility to really make a deep run again. Um, they've got a couple of Emmanuel sisters. They had three last year, one graduated. They still have two and um, they won state last year. And I, I think they might actually get back to the final again this year, Jake. So um, I probably give the edge to St. Cecilia in this class and um We'll see what happens, but it's just uh, several storylines that I, I think really could be interesting to to see how this plays out.
0: Yeah, and another class where you know, you if you want to circle back to wild card points, not much separates the one seed from the four seed, and the three and the four seed are tied again in points. So it's it, as you said, not sure what'll happen. The wild card points reflect it. Um, let's let's jump over to C two um before we get to d1 which has a you know a bunch of familiar faces what are you looking out for in those two classes
1: well let's start with c2 um the team that i like to win it is crofton their uh tournament regular aaron lozing has done a really nice job with that program uh what i think is also working in crofton's favor is kind of their uh their nemesis has been hasting St. Cecilia in re- recent years, and St. Cecilia moved up to C1, so Crofton won't have to deal with that team. So that's uh, that's a positive in, for the Warriors, I think. I saw them play around Christmas time. They played Humphrey St. Francis. They got beat, but it, it was a good game. It could have gone either way. So, um, yeah, we'll take the Warriors to be the favorite in C2, but uh, like you said, there's some... Notable and very familiar names, including uh, West Point Guardian Angels, Central Catholic. They always seem to be there. So they they loom as kind of a dangerous three seed on the other half of that bracket. Um, BRLD, they've had some nice efforts this season. They're they're Wood River. Of course, we all know Wood River from where uh, Scott Frost comes from. (laughs) Uh, Bridgeport and Nebraska City Lords and another uh, first rounder. So... I think there's some good teams there in C2, but I think Crofton really stands out in my mind as, as the uh, pre-tourney favorite, Jake.
0: And then D1, ton of familiar faces here, kind of a who's who of D1 teams the past few years. Pleasanton, Fremont, Bergen, BDS, Humphrey, Lindsay, Holy, Family. What should we expect in this one?
1: I'll throw Hardington, Cedar Catholic in there too. They always seem to be there, but, uh, you know, Pleasanton won uh, the state volleyball title. They were undefeated going into the tournament, and I, I wasn't positive. I had them ranked number one. I wasn't positive that uh, they could handle some of those other D1 teams just because I didn't really know if their schedule was quite what some of those other ones were because Fremont Bergen always plays one of the toughest schedules. But uh, Pleasanton got the job done. They've got a lot of those girls playing basketball now. They're 25-1, and top seed, top ranked. So – they're, they're going in as a favorite, Jake, and um, I mentioned Fremont Bergen. I think they're a team that possibly might get to the final on the other half of that bracket. They play a really tough schedule, and uh, they were in the final of the volleyball tournament. They got beat, so there's a little uh, extra incentive for Bergen there, but uh, I, I've got to give the slight edge to Pleasanton in, in D1.
0: Well, once again, I'll encourage everyone to check out your picks column, your preview, and all of the coverage throughout the tournament. Um, They can follow you on Twitter at MPattersonOWH. We'll have live updates every day throughout all five days. First ever five-day tournament. I am really excited to see how this plays out. Um, It'll it'll be fun.
1: Yeah, I I think uh, it is going to be interesting, and like we
0: said, just that little
1: tweak to the schedule this year, instead of the traditional Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So it'll be stretched out a little bit, but um, I'm sure it'll be five days of great competition leading up to five days of great competition next week with the boys tournament. Uh, There's going to be some fans there this year. So that's, that's a nice thing. So um, bring it on. We're ready to go this week and um, ready to crown six champions on Saturday.
0: Yeah. And to me, what I'm really looking forward to most is outside of other years where those smaller classes, the only chance they get to play at Pinnacle Bank and the big arenas is state final Saturday, giving them some bigger stages will be, I think, a nice opportunity.
1: Right. I think so too. Everybody will be playing uh, semifinals at Pinnacle Bank this year. So if the lower classes have to get past those first rounders to, to get onto the big arena. So we'll be playing, uh, those games at Lincoln Southeast, Lincoln Southwest and Lincoln North star kind of traditional. And I've actually talked to a number of the coaches from quote unquote, smaller schools, and they don't mind playing in those high schools. A lot of them don't because, um, there's a little more familiarity with a little more, uh, what they're used to as opposed to, Okay you're at state and now all of a sudden you're going from your very small gym in class D2 to the giant arena at Pinnacle Bank Arena. So I think a lot of those coaches might like that little bit of a transition, that first round, and then, okay, if we win that one, yes, then it's on to the big stage.
0: Definitely. Well, I look forward to all of your coverage throughout the week. You'll also have Stu Pospisil helping you out um, throughout the week, and then you'll be helping – you guys will be tag teaming boys basketball tournament next week. I'm looking forward to it until next time. Thanks for listening.